0: Hello and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in ways that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise in the marketplace. So thank you for joining us, sit back, relax,
1: and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne, and I want to welcome you back to the June twenty-first episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Tom is still out, so Reese is joining me again from her merchandising team this week. Reese, can you start us off with a rundown of the grain markets?
0: Absolutely. Friday afternoon, July corn finished down about eight cents at four forty-two and a half, finishing down eleven cents for the week. December corn closed at 4.53 and a half, down a dime for the week as well. Soybean futures lost about thirteen cents today, with July futures closing at nine oh two and three quarters. Up six for the week. November beans closed at 9.27 and a quarter today, up four from last Friday's close.
1: Thanks. So even though we finished on down for the week on corn and down today, down for the week, I mean, still some pretty good prices people should be looking at, in my opinion. You know, we're still above 450 on that east corn there. So looking at our big story for the week, checking my notes, I didn't really see a specific element that could serve as our big story. Rain continues to be a struggle for many, either for those that are still hoping to get a crop in the ground or are watching their planted fields lose a little more to ponding. One thing, though, it's been a while since we've looked at specific numbers for the fund's positions, so I thought it might be a good week to pull these out. As of June 11th, the funds added almost 24,000 contracts to their net long position in corn. That puts them at just over 111,000 contracts. For soybeans, the funds backed off their net short position slightly by about 2,200 contracts. That puts them at just over 91,000 contracts short as of last Tuesday. So granted, these numbers are a bit behind, but it's still helpful to get a feel for where the managed money thinks these markets are going to go. But moving on from that, let's pull out some bull bear factors for the market.
0: And again this week, I get to be the good guy with the bull-ish news. As has been the trend, planting progress and crop conditions top our list of bull points for corn. Planting progress as of last Sunday was about 92 percent complete, which was in line with estimates. I think we want to stress here that this is measured on the acres expected to actually be planted. In other words, if 60% of a person's field is planted and 40% will not be planted, they are 100% planted. It has nothing to do with the percentage of acres that they had last year not going in or not being planted. It's just what they intend to plant. Also lagging behind is emergence at 79%. 18% below normal and no changes were made to the good to excellent condition rating for corn at 59%, same as last week. Looking at temperatures this spring, growing degree days and heat units also seem to be a concern as well which is leading to a nice bullish charge, a quick look at crude oil here. Tension with Iran and the U S have begun to rise in the past few weeks. This week, especially yesterday, crude oil had one of its biggest days in, in quite a while up quite a bit, and that's providing some, to some support for the corn market as well. Additionally, there was an f- explosion at a fuel refinery plant in Pennsylvania and that's offered support to oil prices as well, which uh, helps corn move up as well.
1: On the other side, I feel like it's maybe a little bit easier to find some bear points for corn this week just because we're seeing a little bit of up and down compared to maybe what we've been used to the last six weeks or so. Um, One thing to note, we haven't heard much out of South America recently. I think this falls under the no news is good news category for them in this situation. Brazilian corn crop estimates were raised to 101.2 million metric tons and their export projections were 7 million metric tons higher than the previous number of 38 million. So we're seeing some bumps up there that's probably going to maybe give the US crop a little harder time. And this week's export sales report showed around 38,000 metric tons of old crop corn was sold the week of June 13th. That was well below the range of estimates, which was 100 to 400,000 metric tons, so big drop there.
0: But I will add that new crop bookings total almost 361,000 metric tons. That's the third largest this marketing year and in the middle of expectations.
1: Okay, so that's a fair point, but I'd also like to point out that we had a couple of soft days midweek with some profit taking by the funds. While pressure from the wheat market was also cited as a reason, I think there's a possibility the market has somewhat accepted that the rain is here and has already factored these numbers in, in the coming weeks maybe.
0: That's a good point. Now on to bullish factors for soybeans. As far as planting progress, soybean acres are now 77% planted versus 93% normally, with emergence at roughly 55% compared to 89% last year and the five-year average of 84%. It's still early to start seeing condition reports, but we are definitely lagging on progress compared to the normal. Thursday's export sales report showed old crop soybean bookings above the upper end of estimates at over 571,000 metric tons. The upper end of estimates was roughly 400,000 metric tons. This was an eight-week high and more than double the same week last year.
1: On the bear side for soybeans, with all the issues with China this year, crush has been the one positive when looking for optimism in the soybean market. However, the tables turned a little bit this week when we looked at NOPA's monthly crush report for May. With just shy of 155 million bushels of soybeans crushed last month, that was over 5% down from this time last year and well below the estimates. And pulling out the old fateful, I'm going to throw in the large carryout numbers we're handling in soybeans. This coupled with unknown long-term demand still present looming problems I'm not sure we've fully grasped. News on African swine fever in China has been quiet lately, but I still think it presents a future problem for our long-term soybean demand.
0: So why does this matter? Short and sweet, it's still raining. Many seem to be out of time and out of luck on getting anything else in the ground. One thing I would note is that many of the reports that we rely on in the ag industry come from delayed information. Whether it's a week or a month behind, the trade is always weighing these hard delayed numbers against what they hear and see on the grapevine. So while we're looking at these weekly crop progress reports and acreage and production updates, I think it's important to remember that we still don't know exactly what prevent acres will factor into the market.
1: So going on from that, things we're going to watch for, upcoming events. June 28th is that USDA acreage report. The market seems pretty content to just go back and forth a little before then. Kind of tying in with our note about how a lot of the numbers we see are not real-time information, these acreage numbers were gathered several weeks ago when planting was still underway. So I still think there's going to be a little uncertainty there when those numbers come out as far as how prevent plant factors in. And then another thing we have going on next week, Trump is going to be traveling to Japan for the G20 summit meeting, the 28th and 29th. So while the acreage report will likely hold the spotlight on Friday, there will be those keeping an eye on the progress made here as well. Reese, I was thinking... And we've talked about these summits before, but I'm not sure we gave an explanation about what they are. Can you maybe offer a little bit of insight here?
0: So the G20 summit consists of leaders from 19 countries and the European Union. Formerly known as the Summit on Financial Markets and the World Economy, it is the premier forum for international economic cooperation, representing more than 80% of the global GDP gross domestic product. In addition to these top 20 leaders, leaders of invited guest countries and representatives of invited guest international organizations also participate in the summit. Recent summits have focused on everything from trade to climate change. This is the first time Japan will host a G20 Summit.
1: So again, we're going to be looking at those numbers on that report on Friday, but just to be aware that this is going on as far as the world information goes, and we know that those things can maybe always have an impact. That could be something we might be watching for Sunday overnight, Monday morning. So we're still working on this Tweet of the Week. After I took a technical approach with last week's tweet, I really hoped I could find something entertaining for this week's, but unfortunately Ag Twitter is finding little to joke about as the rain just seems to keep coming. One of the popular hashtags we've seen this planning season, hashtag noplant 2019, is accompanied by pictures of weather maps and flooded fields. We've also seen pictures trending of fields this year versus last year and the drastic difference in appearance. I think this is one of those times where a picture is worth a thousand words. We're actually seeing the difference we're having this year, and people are obviously struggling with it, but I also kind of think it helps people realize they're not the only ones out there that are having these problems dealing with prevent plant seeing their fields underwater. So I hope to find something a little more optimistic in the coming weeks. Again, we're always open to suggestions. Make sure to send a screenshot of that tweet to our podcast email account. I think that's all we have again. Tom should be back next week. Whether or not he's going to be sitting in for this or Reese is going to join me again, I think is still to be determined. But we appreciate everyone joining us for the Bull Bear Banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. We look forward to your comments and questions. Just drop us an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. As we like to say, bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.